Welcome to the Alliance Party After Dark, a podcast for the politically aware brought to you by the Alliance Party. Content for this episode was recorded on Saturday, January 4, 2020. And a good evening to you. I'm Dan Schaefer, producer of the podcast. This evening, we're talking with Jim Jonas, executive director at the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. The National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers is dedicated to implementing structural election reforms that are in the public interest. They provide support to their member organizations through shared resources, best practices, and regular meetings. The association favors a robust competition of numerous political parties and independents and a level playing field upon which that can occur. Member organizations of the association have led campaigns for changes that, have in, that increase electoral competition. Success stories include Colorado's more open primary and redistricting reform, Maine's statewide ranked choice voting initiative, and California's top two nonpartisan primary system. Member organizations of the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers have access to a trusted network of experienced partners, advisors, vendors, and other resources to make sure they all have the tools to advance electoral reform nationally, as well as within states and individual communities. You may recall that the most recent Alliance Party podcasts focused on the Fair Vote organization. Well, guess what? Turns out that Fair Vote is a member organization of the Nonpartisan Reformers. Also, our podcast on November 17, 2019, was with Debbie Lynn Molino of the Bridge Alliance Organization, and it turns out they too are a member of the association. And, to provide full disclosure, the Alliance Party is also a founding member. As I mentioned earlier, this evening we're talking with Jim Jonas, Executive Director of the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. Jim is an experienced political, public affairs, and corporate communications consultant based in Denver, Colorado. And for the last decade, he has helped create and manage a wide variety of entrepreneurial, disruptive political organizations and campaigns to promote independent and nonpartisan causes and candidates. Jim was a co-founder of Unity 08, a consultant to Americans Elect, and the campaign manager to Greg Orman's independent campaign for the U.S. Senate in Kansas in 2014. Jim got his start in politics by writing and producing political media for consulting legend Roger Ailes in New York, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C., He also served as Senator Lamar Alexander's communications director for his campaign for the GOP presidential nomination in 1996. So, Jim, uh, welcome to the Alliance Party After Dark. Hey, thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I hope that that introduction did you justice. Oh, uh, much more so. uh, I'm I'm blushing. (laughs) Well, you have the distinct honor of being our first guest for 2020, so uh, Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you and to everyone uh, joining the podcast. It's going to be uh, a wild and woolly year. Yeah, I'm um, very much looking forward to it and seeing how everything turns out. Um, so let's talk about the uh, the uh, National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. Um, I, I just, uh, you know, obviously perusing the website and looking at all the membership organizations. It's it's quite a large uh, quite a large group of organizations you have. Uh, let me ask you just right off the bat here: uh, What are some of the big challenges or roadblocks, and what is the nonpartisan reformers trying to do to help overcome these challenges and roadblocks these days? Yes, uh, great question, and and it's uh, it, it is precisely why we uh, started the association uh, more than two years ago, uh, when a number of us who had been in the space and working in in uh, reform uh, were really. Uh, uh, getting tired of running into the same uh, 
uh, brick walls uh, when it came to being able to fight fairly and leveling the playing field so that uh, uh, reform organizations and, and nonpartisan groups and independents uh, would have the ability to find the resources uh, and the networks uh, to be able to compete with what the parties, uh, the, the two traditional parties, uh, were bringing to the table and to uh, find ways that we could collaborate and cooperate and pool resources and and gather around the same uh, round table and and uh, openly talk about our, our best practices and, and lessons learned and, and uh, potholes to avoid uh, as a number of us were going out there and trying to build organizations to push back against the duopoly and, and uh, uh, um, elevate voters to the, uh, the uh, as they should be, that, that we believe that uh, elections should serve voters first and, and uh, parties somewhere way uh, second and, and, and later. Uh, and so we came together as a, a loose affiliation maybe five years ago. We had our first couple of meetings where we started to circle around one another some more and start breaking down the the uh, barriers that we found that we had w among ourselves and the tension usually revolved around who was going to pay for uh, what the reforms were that we were trying to push uh, and not to get into uh, squabbles uh, about uh, what's the best reform, but that the, that the system needs a reform. And it's a great big giant country, and we need to find ways that we can support each other, even if we're 10% uh, 10%, uh, uh, 10 not in alignment, we're 90% in alignment. And let's focus on that 90% part where we're friends instead of the 10% where we're enemies. Mm -hmm. uh, so th that was the genesis of the association and, and uh, w why we put it together a couple of years ago. And it's really uh, struck a chord and we continue to grow and uh, bring more folks uh, uh, into the association. Well, you talked uh, um, about the duopoly and, and you know, they um, have created these massive castles with impenetrable walls and, and moats around them with alligators and everything. They're, they're, I mean, it, it's, of course, speaking figuratively here, but uh, in reality, they're doing things like gerrymandering and, and making it difficult for independent and third parties to, uh, to um, get involved in the political situation. So um, yep. what, is, um, what are some of the things that the uh, nonpartisan reformers are, are helping with? Well, areas. you you, uh, uh, you said it well. The, the duopoly is uh, is putting up moats with with the alligators in them and doing anything possible uh, to restrict competition. They, they don't like competition. They they barely like competing between Republicans and Democrats. They certainly don't want uh, other competition from independents or. Uh, new parties to come in and and challenge them. These the the thing that that one of the hardest things to overcome is, is the system that we have allowed to emerge. There's nothing in the Constitution that's, that talks about two political parties or that two political parties are the ones who drive election laws at, in state legislators, but we've allowed that to, to happen. And the, the, uh, the damage that that has done is that uh, for and more and more people start to recognize it, 
is that there's a lack of competition in the political marketplace, that the Republicans and the Democrats have, in a lot of ways, they may hate each other on a lot of policy issues, but they are best of buddies when it comes to uh, limiting uh, more competition to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so we at the association look at it and say, uh, we're supportive and our member organizations are uh, supportive of a variety of efforts where we can break down some of those uh, institutional barriers, gerrymander reform, uh, uh, ballot access for candidates, uh, fairness in, in fundraising for candidates, a whole range of reforms that, that need to happen mm-hmm. to begin leveling that playing field. And it's not easy. The, the parties are not going to lay down. Uh, they are going to push back and fight back. They like the system the way it works. Uh, uh, they, they divvy up the country and, and uh, have a willing partner in the other uh, majority party. Uh, so there's a lot of us and a lot of our member organizations are out there uh, uh, busting their tails to knock down things like gerrymander uh, in, in a variety of states. And it's happening. It's happening. It happened in a number of states uh, last cycle. It's going to happen in some more 2020. Uh, and there's a whole variety of things that that are going to come into play. I mean, what Alliance Party is doing, what some of the other uh, startup parties, Common Sense Party, California uh, Sam is doing in, in a number of states. There is just a whole lot of energy and a whole lot of momentum uh, happening right now in the space to challenge that duopoly uh, at the ballot box in courts uh, and on the ground and winning elections. Well, just to um, take gerrymandering as, as an example, I know in, in Missouri here, um, I, I live near St. Louis, and there's uh, there was an issue on the ballot, I believe it was 2018, where uh, it was somewhat uh, amorphously worded, but it said, you know, to end gerrymandering. And I had to think to myself, what does that actually mean? Because at some point, uh, the way the system is set up, you actually have to draw these lines between the congressional districts somehow. Um, you know, and, and so if you're going to say uh, there's a nonpartisan uh, person who's going to draw these lines, I don't believe such a person actually exists. You're always going to have some predisposition or another um, you know, it's a ma- it's a matter of degrees, I suppose. But um, yep. I, I know one of your fair uh, one one of your uh, uh, member organizations, Fair Vote. We got into a discussion about that last week, uh, where they talked about uh, merging some of these um, districts and then having multiple candidates run within yep. these same districts. Is that are there any other approaches that that you're aware of that uh, that can help with? Um, yeah, the the uh, you know there's nothing prohibiting uh, in the Constitution that state legislatures couldn't uh, create multi-member districts uh, if they're encouraged to do so, or the citizen movement to put it uh, put it in there. And there's a lot of things, that, good things that could come from that of uh, knocking down some of those uh, the, the gerrymandering by, by and the. The, the, the lunacy of being able to find a person who was apolitical and could could uh, uh, be completely fair in drawing those lines. Uh, the multi-member district approach is certainly one that would be an interesting one. I'd, I'd love to see that experiment uh, tried and see how that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is having independent commissions uh, that are uh, represented by Republicans, Democrats, and and an equal number of independent voters who are uh, able to at least bring a little bit of fairness into the system where there's so much unfairness. 
Mm-hmm. The, the, the idea that that political parties can write their own uh, districts and choose their voters as opposed to voters choosing politicians is is crazy. Mm-hmm. And how did we how did we possibly get to that place where we have elevated these private uh, corporations, which is what a party is? These private corporations are in charge of those public uh, uh, act that, that you can have in a democracy, uh, in a representative democracy, is to uh, have these private corporations choosing uh, the, the districts that they under which they want to run. It's just nuts. So I'm all fa- all in favor of trying things like multi-member districts, uh, independent uh, commissions, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and bringing some more fundamental fairness into that gerrymandering, into redistricting. It's interesting you ask that question. You say, you know, how did how did we allow this to happen? And and uh, it was a few podcasts ago. I think I was talking. I don't remember who it was. I think it might have been Tim Cotton, but we were talking about this, and, and we brought up the analogy of, of, of the boiling the frog. You know, it just it happens so slowly over a period of time that you you don't recognize it. So little things change here and there, and next thing you know, it's 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 just absolutely crazy, and you have no way of extricating yourself from it. Uh, well, and, and there's the there, there is that mentality that builds up over decades of where. For uh, lower information uh, voters, ones who don't want to uh, live and breathe politics the way uh, some of us junkies do, they just start assuming that, that the Republicans and the Democrats are part of the same system under which they participate. And they can choose to be independent if they want to, but uh, or, or uh, no party preference or whatever the designation their state is. But, but they still think of, oh, yeah, the Republicans and Democrats, they're part of that system. They are not part of the – they should not be part of the system. They are perceived as being there, but we got to figure out a way where we break that, uh, that, that, that mindset and, and have people understand that, that elections should serve voters, not political parties. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that, that actually has to do with a question I was going to ask uh, later on, but I might as well ask it right now. I mean um, – you have a lot of member organizations, but I would think that one of the biggest challenges would be to how to get the word out. Because, you know, obviously people who are members of these organizations are already, um, you know, to borrow your phrase, political junkies of some sort or people who are, you know, um, paying attention in this area. But most people, uh, you know, they just want to get on with their lives and they don't want to have to worry about these things. So how do you uh, you know, in order to, to fix the system that we're in right now, you have to have some way of of reaching out to these people. So, um, yeah. can you talk a little bit about the some of your membership organizations as to you know what uh, what they're doing to reach out? Yeah, it it, it is not easy. Uh, the, the media doesn't want to cover us uh, because we're we're not seen as a as a story. But to become a story, we need to uh, get the publicity to to get there. So this vicious cycle of, of how do we build awareness for a movement that the media hasn't covered uh, and doesn't really understand. And in a lot of ways, the, the national political media uh, is part of the same system that we're trying to break. Uh, until they see us as a, uh, a threat, if you will, uh, if they see us as viable and credible and, and capable of, of uh, being part of a political story, they're not going to give it away for free. So it, it, we, we've had great success in states where we've put on 
uh, where our members have put on uh, active campaigns and forced their way into stories. In California, with uh, with the top two primary, uh, they did that uh, uh, with duct tape and bailing wire, uh, putting a, a competitive plan together, but it worked. And mm-hmm. now they're accepted, and and the the folks behind that, the Independent Voter Project, and and uh, some other folks uh, in California, were super successful at getting that passed in Maine. Uh, ranked choice voting became a thing by uh, uh, the hard work and the uh, the very impressive campaigns that were put on to put ranked choice voting on the ballot and then raise a bunch of money to be able to fight back when the parties revolted in the courts and and it's a it's a nonstop thing it's a it is an everyday battle for relevancy and credibility and outreach mm-hmm. it's hard for uh, to do this on a state-by-state basis, but we're not running anything on a national uh, level. I mean, the, the gerrymandering is getting the closest thus far uh, to getting into the national spotlight, and it's because some big states have, have jumped in and done it. Uh, but we still don't have mainstream coverage on a, uh, a, on a consistent basis, and it's a, it is a major, huge problem, but, but it's not going to be solved overnight. Now, if we had an independent running who uh, for, for president that was a competitive uh, independent in some way, they'd get coverage, but they would get coverage running as an independent, not as a broader movement. Yeah. And that's where I think you get things like what Alliance Party is doing and what uh, Common Sense is doing in California and what Sam is trying to do is uh, rally some of that focus and turn this into a national conversation. Uh, but, but it's not, it's not easy. And it's not going to happen overnight. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, um, there's, uh, one of your founding members is a company or a organization called represent us, represent.us. Yeah. Um, they have a spokesperson. I think that Jennifer Lawrence is actually one of their spokespeople for it. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And they just had, uh, came out with a new video with, uh, Michael Douglas being a, a celebrity endorser of it too so that it, uh, uh, that's a good reminder represent us is doing some wonderful things in drawing attention to a broader swath of the non-junkie uh, political audience by using some of that star power yeah yeah i think that would uh, that would be absolutely necessary because um, um i think you're right you know, when you get a third party running for president people will focus on um that person alone and really not on the organizations or the um, movements that are that are behind that are behind that person yeah uh, and, the, and the broader reason why they should care uh, that that candidate x running for president that's cool but what is candidate x doing and why aren't they running from within the system and what does it mean to even run from outside the system and, and then how do you leverage that to go build something at a state-based level that has legs yeah. and doesn't just disappear when the candidate doesn't win the White House. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was one of the points, too, that uh, when I watched that uh, that video with uh, Jennifer Lawrence on uh, Represent Us, that, um, it, I mean, she makes a good point. We've all know, known this already, but, you know, things actually take place all uh, locally, uh, particularly in the statewide, I think, is what she was advocating for, where, you know, the, the, the state governments actually begin advocating for certain positions. Um, you cited like Maine, for example, ranked choice voting. 
that's going to be used, I believe, leveraged by other states in making their arguments, their separate arguments for implementing uh, ranked choice voting in, in their areas as well. So it does. It starts if you have one guy at the top talking, uh, one guy running for president uh, when he's done or when she's done and they lose the election. Um, <clears throat> um, assuming they do lose the election, maybe they do win. I don't know. But if they if they don't make the election, if they don't, if they don't win the election, then uh, the cause for which they stood kind of disappears into the noise as well. So, yeah, and, and I think it's the uh, and. I say this with great respect for those of folks who have tried to run national independent campaigns for president. I have done it. I've tried to do it myself with it on a couple of occasions. And uh, it, not only is it really, really, really hard to be competitive uh, to, to pull something off like that. Uh, it, it, it's also, I have come to believe that, that it is a, a short live uh, victory, even if you become a story and it's and it's not helpful to the broader movement that we need to build and it's uh going to be critical i think over this marathon as opposed to sprint that we need to uh to do for national political electoral reform it is going to take time and it's going to take uh state by state uh, army building it's just not going to be a top-down thing it's got to be a bottom up or it won't have lasting value. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we've been talking with Jim Jonas, executive director at the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. We'll be back after a short break. The two-party system that we've got is broken. The choices are awful. All we see is lies, cheating, deceit. You could say it about both parties. Neither one really stands for anything except acquiring and exercising power. The idea was to give the power to the people or the People have given the power away. And that's where the system broke. Government and our political system was designed to be malleable. You know, not rigid, not ossified, not always gridlocked. Absolute power does corrupt, absolutely. And that's why the founders set the system up to avoid having concentrated power in the executive and in the national branch. The founding documents are the best, it's the best government so far that we've come up with. Um, we're just not doing it. You know, it's tribalism, basically. If, if you're not on my tribe, then you're a bad person. You could say the sky is blue, and I'm going to say, no, it's green. I think it's right out of a 1930s era playbook where if you can divide people, make them feel like something's being taken from them, probably pays well for them to make sure that everybody's divided because, in essence, it keeps them in office, it keeps them in power, it keeps them employed. The amount of money that's involved in politics, it is crazy. Now, Obama's a smart guy, but not even he could, uh, he wasn't going to do it either. And I was like, okay, that's it. If he can't do it, it's not going to happen because uh, that's when I knew that the, uh, the lobbyists and the corporate interests, uh, the outside private interests that really have a hand in making sure that our political system doesn't work, uh, I knew that they had won. And I said, okay, third party is the way to go. What I think we're trying to do here is, is to make systemic change. Yeah, we need the right people, but there's not any one person, any one charismatic personality that's going to bring about the change that we so desperately need in this country. Our biggest goals are election reform, knock down those barriers that have been built in the ballot access game by the state governments, fixing the dark money, getting good health care out there, 
We need more women. We need more minorities. We need more occupations and backgrounds. We don't have set paradigms and beliefs. We just want to solve problems. So we're open books. We're data sensitive. We want data. And we want to solve solutions that help the most people. Let's forget about where we disagree. Let's start with where do we agree? Let facts be facts and let truth be truth and afford people the opportunity to go and find the information they need. We require term limits of all of our candidates. Now, if you have more choices and competition, uh, just like any free market enterprise, competition is going to give you a better product. Focus on innovation and really learning on a local level. Free press and educating people in an unbiased way. Protecting and, and controlling the deficit. Respect and courtesy. Honesty through transparency. Openness and transparency. Transparency. I think that's incredibly important uh, in a number of areas, but especially in finances, so that voters can connect the dots. We want to leave this place in a better condition than we left it for the next generations, pure and simple. Not just my children, all our American kids. We need to educate every single individual in this country. So every individual has tools they need to succeed in life. Ultimately, that's what we're doing this for, what we can help the American people be, not what we say they can be, but what they want to be, and we'll get our party to that point. We're supposed to help each other rise up, enlighten each other, and start by being civil and respecting other people's opinions. There's nobody left. We have to do it. There's right and there's wrong. <laughs> nobody owns it. You know, JFK, I believe, was quoted as saying something to the effect of, we don't need to look for the Republican answer or the Democratic answer, we need to look for the correct answer. And that's the types of conversations we're not having. As a people, are we doing what we should be doing? We're back. We're talking with Jim Jonas, Executive Director at the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. So, Jim, let's, uh, let's talk now a little bit about the organization itself, the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. Um, I, it, I was, uh, we were talking during the break there, and I said, you know, I looked at your website. I've been diving, doing a deep dive on it. And it actually, it occurred to me after a while that you really are an organization of organizations. So could you go into a little bit yeah. more uh, explanation of what you guys do, what your charter is, and, and perhaps yeah. what you don't do? Yeah, absolutely. We, we uh, uh, I think of it, and uh, our members uh, think of it as almost a professional association. We we uh, uh, we exist to serve our membership, and not for us to get into the direct campaign business ourselves. Of practitioners of of uh, uh, putting a. a, a a ballot measure on a ballot. We we don't do that. We can we can help people uh, find the right people who can do that. Uh, but we're we're the place where it's a, a it's for the folks who are out there uh, working their tails off in individual cities, states, uh, localities, trying to uh, push that rock up the hill, and they feel alone a lot of times. And what we provide is that place to say you're not you're not alone. There's a lot of us who are out there uh, working on a variety of reforms, and we probably agree on 90% uh, of what what we're all trying to accomplish. And uh, we can come together. Uh, uh, convenings are one of our uh, priority benefits that we provide as an association. We can come together as a roundtable of equals 
and be able to share information and uh, uh, share best practices and, and learn from each other and then uh, build these relationships that in the past uh, would uh, fester uh, old frictions. And we were trying to find a way to say, how do you get rid of that? And as you know, the, the best way to uh, knock down some of those uh, uh, old festering uh, frictions is to actually come together and learn from each other and, and sit across from each other, share a beer, share a cup of coffee, and and uh, and really sit sit there and reason together is a much better way than just uh, hoping that something good has happened in Oregon, something good's happened in St. Louis, and we'll hear about it, but we never learn from each other. So mm-hmm. the association is has done a good job in its first couple of years, I think, of uh, uh, gathering some of that energy of folks wanting to uh, become uh, closer uh, uh, colleagues with one another. So it's, that's been a good a good first step. So as far as like the uh, individual activities, I, I read on your website you have like a, you host an annual summit for nonpartisan leaders. That's yep. part of the equation. Uh, that has been a big part of the equation is to uh, uh, our summit, our annual summit. Last year was in, or two years ago, was in Half Moon Bay, and we had uh, 90 folks from around the country who were all practitioners uh, uh, made the effort to come out to Half Moon Bay. Awesome event. This year we had about 150 people come to Denver, uh, and it was a day and a half uh, of activities and a lot of breakouts, but a lot of shared learnings and a lot of uh, really insightful research work that's going on that previously would have been uh, paid for and used by an individual reform organization. But here we, they were able to share it with a broader uh, swath of reformers and really provide uh, some, some great knowledge sharing that otherwise just would not have existed. Well, that's wonderful. So the um, there's uh, you touched on a few things that you do not do. For example, you're not um, a, as an organization do not um, endorse individual candidates, or or I, I guess you you don't get into the into the I guess areas where it would look like you're taking a side. You're more or less just um, being neutral in everything, being yeah. nonpartisan. I should say is probably the best word. Yeah, and, and where we're headed is, is we have in the past endorsed specific elections where it's looked, it, it has been uh, uh, clearly something that uh, nonpartisan reform uh, would find beneficial. But we've reached the point where what, we're, what we do as an association, just so we don't get crossways within our membership, is that we endorse uh, specific reforms. And, and there's a broad, uh, uh, a broad interpretation of those uh, reforms that we support, uh, but we don't endorse uh, individual candidates or, or individual campaigns uh, just so we stay away from that kind of conflict. But we do say that we will uh, be supportive of any organization and encourage any organization that, that will follow these, uh, these guidelines is that we're in the business of empowering voters, increasing competition, increasing uh, participation, and uh, uh, increased transparency in elections. Uh, Because we believe, not because those things just are good 
for government because they are, but because we're going to we're going to get better leadership on the back end if we run campaigns with those things in mind, increasing competition, transparency, participation. Uh, we'll get better leadership when you have those things uh, driving your elections. Oh, that makes sense. So uh, we're to the point of the conversation here where I just got to ask you, you know, what's, uh, what can people do to become a member? Or uh, do, uh, do, do people become a member directly of the nonpartisan reformers or do they join? They, the... they can. They can. Uh, we have some individual members of, of the association, but primarily our, uh, our focus is on the organizations and the practitioners. Uh, the organizations, like you mentioned, several of them, Bridge Alliance, Fair Vote, uh, Represent Us, Unite America, uh, Open Primaries, uh, Independent Voting. There, there's a whole range of these uh, great, good government folks that are, are part of our membership uh, and are the, the lead funders and, and organizers of the association itself. And those organizations uh, would love to have individual participation from individuals to sign up for uh, their websites and join them. Uh, but uh, if folks, if they want to come to um, uh, our uh, website, which is nonpartisanreformers.org, uh, they can uh, uh, get uh, get our newsletter in which we provide highlights of uh, major reforms uh, happening around the country and the organizations that are leading those and uh, can be a great way to be introduced to those reforms. And, and hopefully they can go sign up and, and be a part of one of these great reforms uh, themselves. Wonderful. Okay. That's good. That's good direction there. So the, once again, that uh, website is nonpartisanreformers.org. So it's uh, just, uh, just as I said, I just spell it out as I said it, but uh, no hyphens or anything in between, just nonpartisanreformers.org. Oh, yeah, nonpartisanreformers.org and sign up for the newsletter, but also just take a list, uh, look, look at the list of uh, the great organizations that are part of the association and see all the great things that they're doing out there in the country. And, and uh, we're, we're building. This thing is coming together. It, the momentum I have felt over the last year and a half, two years, is more than I felt in the in the previous ten. There, there's finally this recognition, and we're getting close to that uh, that that point where where uh, we're going to hit that momentum spot where enough people are going to get behind these things that we're going to have the ability to take it out uh, nationally and and more and more states and build that momentum. Uh, so appreciate the 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 work that you're doing on this to spread the word and what alliance party is doing to try to spread the word and um looking forward to a really exciting 2020 great yeah and if you go to the website you can see there's a, a, a there's a, a web a, a page that's dedicated to all the organizational members uh looks like there's a couple dozen of them on here so uh, there's there's one or two for just about anybody that wants to uh uh, join one of these organizations and get involved. Wonderful. So um, I guess that's it. Um, is there anything else that uh, we should be hitting upon at this point? No, I, 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 I think you, you are doing a great service to the movement and um, congratulate all the good work and good things that you guys are, are accomplishing and, and look forward to working with you and hope that your listeners will uh, jump in, uh, dive in, uh, uh, sign up, join, uh, 
create your own uh, reform in your state. And if we can help you, let us know. And get involved, yeah. Great. So we've been talking to, with uh, Mr. Jim Jonas, the executive director at the National Association of Nonpartisan Reformers. So uh, thank you again, Jim, for dropping by to talk to us this evening. And um, we will hope to touch base with you sometime in the near future. Thanks, Dan. Have a, have a great weekend. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Alliance Party After Dark podcast. Please consider subscribing to this podcast so that you don't miss any episodes. Each week, we'll bring you interesting topics from the Alliance Party. You may subscribe on iTunes, Google, or Spotify. All content for this podcast is copyright the Alliance Party. Views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the Alliance Party. This podcast is a production of the Alliance Party, a decades-long movement of fiscally conservative, moderate, accountable, and reasoned, reasoned independents, former Democrats, former Republicans, and alienated voters who demand that our elected officials work in the spirit of nonpartisanship for all constituents and provide a better future for our country. This podcast was made possible by your donations to the Alliance Party. If you'd like to help sponsor this podcast directly, get in touch with us through the website at theallianceparty.com. If you'd like to join the Alliance Party, visit our website at theallianceparty.com. Drop in, see what we're all about, and get involved. Volunteer your time, make a donation, submit an article or blog, or run for office. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Dan Schaefer, producer of the Alliance Party After Dark, and on behalf of everyone at the Alliance Party, have a wonderful evening, a great week ahead, and we hope you drop in for our next show. Be safe and be aware.